0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. Wow, well, we've got some helpers here today. Come on, Sophie. That's Sophie, isn't it? Is it time? So if you've got someone at J247 age, follow of Sophie. Have a brilliant time. Just stay focused on him. As we've asked him to come, he's come. The amazing thing about Jesus is he just keeps on coming. He's like a torrent love and grace and mercy. He's like an overwhelming flow of life, It's like a never-ending river of purity and cleansing. It's like that constant wind that just blows and directs. It's hard to imagine that Jesus just keeps on coming. So much of Him, so much that He wants to do and be in our lives, just keeps coming. So the Bible says, "Be filled with the Holy Spirit." Doesn't really just mean once; just go on, just go on being filled. Pray without ceasing; just go on praying without ceasing. Rejoice always; just keep rejoicing, because it gives us an idea of just the immense presence of the nature of God. It's just too big, too much, but just just let him keep coming. wants to come and touch your life and transform it. wants to come and speak into our lives and instruct it. wants to come and reveal his presence and free it. for in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of life. We might have been in the presence of all kinds of things. Fear, worry, debt, anxiety, sickness. We might have been in the presence of all those things. Maybe in some way we still are. But in the presence of the Lord is fullness of life. Maybe we just brought stuff into the room. Well, keep it in the room. Let Jesus have it right now. Well, Bible says that he came to seek and to save. Jesus didn't just come looking. He came looking intently and intentionally. He's looking for you today. He's looking for me. He wants to come into our world and change it, transform it, bring hope and a future. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Come. Come. Jesus, come. Jesus wants to continue to reveal, show us who he really is. I don't know how we see Jesus today. Maybe he's really close, maybe he's not. Maybe he's no one, maybe he's someone. I have no idea. But all I know is is I was just with the Lord this morning and a little bit on Friday. that The Lord just said, I'm just going to come. He loves you too much to stay away. He loves you too much to leave you alone. He loves you too much to ignore you, and he certainly loves you too much to reject you. He loves you too much to lead you on the shelf of life. And he loves you too much to lead you in the gutter of life. He loves you too much. He loves you too much to force himself, but man, he's gonna just love himself into our lives afresh today. His love is amazing. We're in a moment right now. And in this moment, I'm just going to throw out one of the amazing things that Jesus said. And this is what we're just going to be looking at a little bit. Jesus says, look at me. Because whoever sees me, sees the one who sent me. Look at me. I don't mean, look at me. Look at him. Just let that kind of scripture from the Bible just soak in. Jesus is inviting you and me this morning to take a fresh look at who he is, to take a fresh look at his majesty, his mercy, to take a fresh look at his power to take a fresh look at his goodness and his mercy, to take a fresh look at his love, to take a fresh look at his amazing, amazing kindness. Have a fresh look at that. Because let me tell you, there's loads of things out there that we look at. But in this moment, just look to him. Maybe you've not done that before today. If you look for him, you'll find him. You'll see the Father heart of God. We're going to be looking a lot more about that next week. Next week is Father's Day. Well, today is Father's Day. A father who lives in heaven. This is the day he has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it, won't we? A couple of us will be. Guys, you're amazing. Aren't these brilliant? Aren't these guys amazing? Just... I'd tell you, I love musicians that love Jesus more than music. Come on. Thank you, guys. Don't, don't you? I just love musicians that love Jesus more than music. Because uh, I, I used to really be into music, and then suddenly Jesus was into me, and it changed everything. And I can remember. Back in the days when, when we were allowed acoustic drum kits in church, and people tried. Well, I remember when I first brought a drum kit into a church that we were in, some people thought it had, had a demon on it, you're going to take that out. That's, that's the devil. That is. People have funny things, don't they? And then when you played them, they then thought that you probably had some kind of issue. And suddenly God would use it. Like I can remember one. One service we had a few years ago now where God showed me the importance of worship beyond music wow. and the eternity that worship is and the finite that music is music comes in and out of fashion and then it's the 60s, 70s, 80s but worship is eternal it, it, it's always fashionable in heaven to worship Jesus but also as a drummer which is a bold statement. As a drummer, one of the things which you have to really learn is how to keep time. And yet in worship, there is no time. Because worship is eternal. It has no beginning or end, it has no tempo. It has flow and feel, but it doesn't have time. So in my head, after years of playing to a click machine, click, click, click switch it off, chuck it away and take into the heartbeat of Jesus instead, and it transforms you. Anyway, welcome. It's good to see some people back that have been away. Um, obviously, we, we started j 24 7 from today, which is awesome. Uh, as the government, as we pray for your government right now, because they're making kind of decisions at the moment, but as the government begins to um, outline more of the guidelines over these next weeks, the so hopes, uh, and, and, and certainly, I think, July, the hope is, is that we'll all be able to do a lot more than we can do now. However, if you can't, Jesus has still set you free. So don't get agitated, irritated by what you think you can and you cannot do. Uh, Jesus is the same today forever, and, and forever, so um, don't forget that. Um, I didn't have time... And Steve, bless him, didn't have the time to put the scriptures up on the screen. So I'm going to apologise straight away, but forgiveness is good. I I, I doubt whether you brought a Bible, you might have done, you might have it on your phone. Everybody's getting their phone out. Come on, Rob, Rob, Rob's getting his phone out. He's either getting the Bible out or he's ordering lunch, I have no idea. Uh, I'm not going to check, you're all right. Um, But we're looking at Jesus said as a theme, because how many of you know it's so important to kind of, unpack a little bit about what Jesus said. Lots of reasons for that, one of which is sometimes, particularly if we've been a Christian for a while, is we read the Bible and sometimes we already work out what's coming next because we've read it a thousand times. And if of you, you know what I mean by that, is It, it comes a little bit, oh well I know what that says. Uh, uh, and I think sometimes we, we pay the price of that. It's called familiarity. And my conviction is, is that every word, every single word is God-breathed and useful for something. And one of the things that God wants to do is sometimes you just mess around with our understanding of reading the Bible a little bit. We had, we had an interesting... I'm in a small group, a brilliant small group. I love my small group because Kai's leading it and I don't have to. That's, it's cool. I love it. But we had a whole debate on Friday and Colin was there for the first time. And it's like, he's always causing trouble, Colin, but it's a good kind of trouble. I like it. It's it was good. Because it asks questions. And asking questions is alright. Asking questions is good. It's when we get the answers. Sometimes we have the challenge. But we had a whole debate around hearing God and how do you hear God and how do you read the Bible? And and I made this comment and everybody went, woohoo! And the comment was, maybe we should have a small group that just looks at the Bible. Mm -hmm. Who wrote it? Why did they write it? What does it look like? How do you read it? And everybody went, woo woo. woo." So anyway, I've volunteered uh, Kai to do that one next. No, I haven't really. (laughs) What? (laughs) So I'm glad that you've got your Bible. But today we're going to be looking at this phrase that Jesus says, look at me. And I'm going to, three particular areas which God spoke to me about, what does it mean to look at Jesus? First one is this. You can write this down if you're making notes. Looking means leaning. When we look to Jesus, we're not leaning on him, we're leaning in him. Jesus didn't come into my life because I needed a crutch. Jesus doesn't want to come into your life so that you've got a little crutch that you can stagger through life with. He wants to come into our lives, not just onto our lives. He's not some spiritual, social worker that tries to help us through the issues. He wants to come into our life and change us totally so that we deal with life differently. So looking at Jesus means leaning into Jesus. Leaning into his nature, leaning into his character, leaning into who he is and leaning into what he's done. Proverbs puts it like this, lean not on your own understanding. Now, how many of you know that you can't find an understanding and lean on it? You can go to a library and you can lean on a bookshelf, you can go to Google and lean on your iPad, but that, what that means is don't lean on the understanding that you have. You lean into it, not on it. Does that make sense? So don't lean on your finances. Don't lean on your experience. Lean into Jesus. Because Jesus came to be more than just a crutch to help you through the good times and the less good times. He wants you to lean into him. It just helps changing this word from on to in. Because when you give your life to Jesus, he comes to live inside of you, not next to you. How come is that? I don't even mean, you know that that's true. I'm so thankful that over lockdown, I didn't do a lockdown on my own. Well I didn't anyway, I had a gorgeous wife to do it with. We understand what I'm saying. Is that I leant into Jesus in those times and suddenly found him in new ways. He's there, he's faithful, he speaks, he doesn't get phased, he doesn't do lockdown. So part of looking at Jesus means we're leaning on Jesus. We're leaning on what he said. So what did Jesus say? Find out. If you've got a good Bible, the words of Jesus are written in red. Why are they written in red? Because they need to be read. <laughs> that was cool. They need to be read. But when we're reading the red, read it so you hear it. Why? Because faith doesn't come by reading, it comes by hearing. Right. And again, this is part of the debate from the hearing God thing. As I chuck this in, I said, actually, it's more than just hearing, it's listening. So when we're leaning on something, we can, we can repeat a, a scripture as if it's some holy mantra that's going to protect us. It doesn't. When it becomes part of your inner, then it does. Amen. Reciting scripture, anybody can do that. Muslims recite scripture. Hindus, that everybody that has a faith has a scripture on which they depend, but no one has a saviour in which to depend. Come on. So when we're reading scripture, read it and then digest it. Feed on it. Yeah, that's me. Or maybe I need to change that. I'm receiving it. We need to feed on it to get in it. Remember when I first spoke back, when we started to reopen a couple of weeks ago, I made this phrase... God was challenging me for weeks. It's not about how much of the Holy Spirit do I have, but how much does he have me? And this is kind of a similar kind of thing. So the first thing about looking to Jesus is we're leaning into him. We're going to trust in him. We're going to believe in him. The second thing I believe, uh, two out of the three, is that looking means not looking. What? What? Looking at him means we're not looking at me. And you're not looking at you. And you're not looking at others. You're not looking at your past. You're not looking even at your future. You're not looking at the last thing or the next thing. No, I think looking also means not looking. We're not sunrise people or sunset people. We're day-to-day people. You see, Jesus didn't come so that we just look at a monument. Jesus came to build a movement. And if we just lean on him, sometimes he walks off and we stay somewhere. But if we lean into him, we keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So don't celebrate who Jesus is today because you met with him a week ago. Thank you, Jesus, that you did, but he wants to meet with you today. Amen. Don't just enjoy the presence of the Lord because you remember having a great time with Jesus last Wednesday. He wants to have a great time with you today. Amen. Don't just, you know, chuck the Bible out the window because the last thing we had a quiet time, Jesus said, you need to forgive someone, otherwise you Don't get the hump and end up like a camel But you've got to, okay, Lord, help me to be in that, not on that. So that we become like some of the prophets of the Old Testament that said, your word was so much in me. Man, I couldn't keep quiet. It was like a fire. It's like a river. It's like a torrent. Not on him, in him. So looking means not looking. So what would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? There's a good tip. What would Jesus do and what would Jesus say? When you're having a bit of a a, a Mickey Mona moment, like Monday's back again, I hate Monday. What would Jesus do and what would Jesus say? Because if you're looking at Monday, stop looking at Monday, look to Jesus. If it's getting near that kind of time in, in the month where you look at the finances, don't look at the finances. Look at the provider of the finances. Look at stewardship if you've got more red figures and black figures. Don't lean on the figures, lean in to the provider. If maybe your social diary is totally empty, it's not because you keep having to wear a mask, it's because you've got no friends. Don't lean on that, lean into Jesus, who is the friend maker. Is this making some sense to anybody? And then the third thing, looking means loving. Because, unfortunately, or fortunately, what you look at, you become like. If you're constantly dipping into all the... ...serials and all the kinds of series of on TV and all the stuff on there that is just fantasy world, you're going to look like someone living in a fantasy world. If you're constantly looking at that, you become like it, because what gets our attention then gets our affection. So looking means loving. We want to welcome, we, we want to become like the things that we look at the most. I don't know about you, but I want, look, I want to look a little bit more loving, a little bit more kind. Don't you? So I'm going to look a little bit more at the one who is loving and a bit more kind then. I want to I be a little bit more faithful, so I'm going to look to people who are a bit more faithful. What does faithful look like? How many you have got an idea of what faith, what does it look like? I don't got masks on, probably, everybody's probably given all the answers, you just can't hear it, I'll just let you have that because I love you. Faithfulness looks like you say what you do and you do what you say. Faithfulness looks like you persevere. Faithfulness looks like you're not a whiner, you're a winner. Faithfulness looks like something, it doesn't just sound like something. For those of you who know the New Testament, wasn't it Paul, you kind know, of one of the great pioneers and church planters, said, You know, I hear your faith, but I show you mine? That's why Jesus said, he did things of faith, he healed this person, he created something there where there was something missing. He fed 5,000 people but he said, no, look at me. If you want to know what faith looks like, look at me. Look at how I live, how I trust God, the one that sent me. How I trust in the Holy Spirit, the one who empowers me. I'm not phased." How many of you would love to live an unfazed life? How many of you would love to do that? If your hand isn't up, I'll cast a lying spirit out of you. How many of you would like to live just a, a life where whatever happened, it didn't catch you by surprise, you didn't get irritated, you didn't get edgy? How many of you would like to live like I would? For those of you listening on the recording, everybody's got a hand up that's an honest person. andrew has got, Andrew's got two hands up. Everyone's got a, got a hand up. But what Jesus says is, if you, if you look at me, and keep looking at me, and keep leaning into me, and stop looking at you, and start loving what you're looking at, you will live more like that. You see, the key is this, I think, is that we can only look at Jesus like this, because he first looked at us like this. Again, apologies for the scriptures not coming up. Mark chapter 10, if you want to write these down. Mark chapter 10, verse 21 says, He looked at him and loved him. That was a guy that had loads of money but no sense. load of education but didn't know anything. Jesus says he looked at him and loved him. He just made a choice. He looks at you like that. He looks at me like that. He looks at you and loves you. Doesn't judge you, criticise you, condemn you evaluate you, compare you. As Christians, and even as non-Christians, we have such a ministry of comparison. You need to stop looking at that. and Start looking at the one who has every right to compare, but doesn't. In fact, the Bible says, who compares with you, O Lord, not who compares with me. When people stood up, in, in, in the day when Jesus was around and started to pray, he said, don't, don't pray like that. Don't compare yourself to people like that. If you want to pray, pray in the Holy Spirit. Don't think God isn't going to hear you because you're too bad or you're too God in your comparison. Don't think God is going to ignore you because you didn't pray yesterday. No, no, lean into Jesus. Look to Jesus. Then in Matthew 9, 36, it says, he looked at the crowd with compassion. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. You were in the crowd, I was in the crowd. All kinds of people were in the crowd. We don't know what the crowd were up to. All we know is is that the one looking at them had compassion on them. And I believe even in this crowd, even in the crowd called your home, your workplace, your school or college, wherever it is that you are, when, when Jesus looks at crowd, he looks at the whole. But how many of you know he also knows every heartbeat from every person? hair on everybody's head but he looks with compassion. What a God! Then in Luke 19 verse 41, he looked at the city and wept over the city. Man, what a saviour who can look at the one and love him. He can look at a crowd with compassion. He can look at the city and weep. Why? Because Jesus's capacity is infinite. At Psalm 139, I think it says, He knows when you're going in and when you're coming out. He knows when you're up and when you're down. He knows when you're for God. He knows when you're against God. He knows when you're trying to run from God. He knows when you're trying to run to God. Why? Because He cares for you. Because He's watching you. I mean, it's funny how Celebrity Big Brother, when it first came out, Big Brother is Watching You. And there was a whole book, wasn't it? George Orwell, 1984. Been there, done that. Big Brother is Watching You. And it's a twist. On the nature of God. God is watching you because He loves you. And He wants you to look back. He wants you to look back and notice God. Is this, is this kind of going in somewhere? It's coming into me. I was like, I just had such a great time with it's like open my eyes, I want to see Jesus. And when I did, he was already looking at me. It's like, what? Well-known scripture for many of us, Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2 i going to read it from the Amplified, just to mess with your head a little bit. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, brackets, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, close brackets, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. Cleverly is a good word. Because the enemy will try and do anything to stop you seeing God. He'll lie, cheat, steal, then an accuses accuse because he lied, steals and cheats. He, he does all of it and then blames you for it. How many of you know he's a liar? Always was, always will be. Uh, Let us run with endurance act persistent the race that is set before us. Bracket. Looking away from all that will distract us and close bracket focusing our eyes on Jesus. Now, I had an eye test on Friday, which you might think, well, so what? <laughs> because I had an eye test, it's because last summer I a bought really expensive pair of glasses, reactor-like things, went paddle boarding, boom. They were in the water, I didn't. They went down Little Hampton Seafront somewhere I never, never saw them again. Glory to Jesus. I learned a lot of lessons there about stewardship of glasses. <laughs> and my wife reminded me of it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I am in for an eye test on Friday. And uh, I sat there and had a nice chat with this lovely, op- whatever it's called, what are they called? Opti... Optician's a good word, that isn't what he was called, but yes, that's, that's the one. Andrew's really smart. There you go. But anyway, so we started having a conversation about eyesight. And he said, oh, can you see that? I said, yeah. God so got very vocal, very vocals. can up and say it. I should have got my ears tested. Um, very vocals, very vocals, very. Vo- I have some very vocals. <laughs> no, a, anyway. There am I, looking at this screen, which actually isn't there now. It's behind you, which is a bit interesting. And, then, and he got all the long sight version doing, so I could not just see the wall, but the mirror and then the words on it, which is cool. So not walking the walls. Then he came with a bit of card and he said, Oh, um, do you read? And I said, Yeah, I read the Bible. Boom, you're in there. <laughs> oh, really? I said, Yeah. I said, I read it every day. I said, That's I need to be able to read it so I can get it. So we had a whole debate about reading the Bible. And then what was happening was I was trying to bring some clarity into his vision. Because he thought it was a kind of a book for old fogies. Hold that thought. Don't say a word, right? Aidan, I can see you're thinking. <laughs> Is, <coughs> I can feel it! <laughs> you see, when you see Jesus, people see someone that's seen Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When you lean into Jesus, people will lean on you, but at some point they will lean into him in you. When we look at Jesus and stop looking at ourselves so much, people will find him in us. When we look to Jesus and, and just reflect back the way that Jesus' love looks at us, people will see that love in you. Didn't Jesus say this incredible statement on the best outreach missional dynamics of the Bible is when we love each other like he's loved us mm. wow. in the same way he's loved us people will see mm. this lovely story in the book of Acts Acts chapter 3 verse 1 to 4 where we find Peter and John, people that have looked at Jesus, been with Jesus, heard Jesus, spent time with Jesus, they'd prayed with Jesus, cried with Jesus, they'd broke bread with Jesus, they'd given their lives, they'd done a lot with Jesus. And now he wasn't there, but they still saw him as though he were. Because they weren't leaning on three years of a ministry trip, they were leaning in to the presence of the Holy Spirit. They weren't leaning on, well, you know, he fed 5,000 people they were leaning into who he was. They weren't looking at what they didn't have, they were looking at who they did have. It's, and again, from the Amplified it says, Peter and John were going up to the temple, they go to, to the church at three o'clock in the afternoon. And the man who had been unable to walk from birth was being carried there. And they used to sit down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. Now here's, for me, an issue that I have with this story. This whole church, this whole synagogue, or whatever you want to picture in your head, let's just say where God's presence is, should be beautiful. Should be powerful. Should be attractive. Should be a life-changing place. But when people came past it, what they saw was the opposite. Sort a crippled guy certainly 30, which means he'd been carried there and back since his birth, which is over 10,000 times. It's a lot of times. To do a journey on a cradle or a, on someone's back, or on the back of a hook. I don't know how they did it, just as he was carried there. And he looked at Peter and John in one way, because he was looking at his past. He was leaning on his inability. He was loving in the only way that he could, which was limited. Peter, along with John, stared at him and said, Look at us. I think there's more into that little phrase than sometimes we get. These people were about to change his entire future. These two were not saying, it's about us. They were saying, it's about who we look at. They weren't saying, look at me to believe in me. In fact, they said the opposite. They said, look at us and believe in him. And I believe passionately, and we as church believe passionately, in this time that we've been just getting on with God the best way we can. God has been presencing himself. Yeah, there's loads of questions, but here's the answer. Yes, there's loads of concerns, but he's the concern resolver. Keep looking at Jesus because he's looking at you. Keep looking for Jesus in a new way because the old way may not be the new way. Well, I remember this. Yeah, I know, but come on, let's, let's make some memories together as we walk with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because 2 Corinthians 3.15 says this, When Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. You can read the Bible and it can make you more confused than it was before. You can read the Bible and you make no sense. Why? Because you're reading it like a book. You're leaning on the book rather than in the author. Maybe your prayer life's dried up a little bit. Why? Because you're believing on your prayer life rather than in the one who prays with you. Maybe your worship's just gone squat. I don't know. Why? Because you're just believing on the worship time rather than in the one that you're... I don't know. I'm not here to judge people. I'm just here to say, let's look to Jesus. Amen. <laughs> let's look to him. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. Okay, so this day when Job is, is Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, implication is, is that maybe they're not. You've got to turn to the Lord. You've got to set your head off the natural and go back onto the supernatural. Got to move our emphasis from trusting on something to trusting in someone. Now, the Lord is a Spirit, and where the Spirit is, there's freedom. Come on, Carl, you and me. We'll have him. After all, uh, we are those with unveiled faces, contemplate, dwell on, look at, are caught by, attracted by, focused on the Lord's glory, his goodness, his majesty. Everything he is, actually nothing that he's done, it's everything he is. Being transformed into His image. What image is so important for people? And we can maybe trust on an image. We want to be like that person or this person, or we don't want to be like that person or this person. No, I want to be like Jesus. I want to think like He thought thinks. I want to believe like he believes, I want to talk like he talks, I want to do what he did. So I'm going to believe in him, not on him. So when you give your life to Jesus, the veil is taken away. Which is pretty cool. And she said at the beginning of the service that he had a scripture and I actually had the same one but I didn't tell him. By faith, Moses, this is Hebrews 11, 24, 27. By faith, so by believing, by trusting in someone that he couldn't see at that time. Believing in someone that he hadn't met at that time. When he had grown up, refused to be known as a son of... That's a big, that's a big choice of mind. The most powerful nation in the whole world. Wealth, armies forces, reputation, heritage, way of life. Egypt was the nation of nations in this day, but Moses refused to believe on that. He refused. He chose to be mistreated with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. Now this is interesting, as in this same scripture, we've got Moses, we've got Egypt, then suddenly he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ even though he didn't know who Christ was. This is Moses. Come on. Of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to its reward. Uh-oh. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. Who is this person? Colossians one I'll tell you. He is the image of the invisible God. Who is Jesus is. So when we look at Jesus, we're seeing just a glimpse of the invisible God. The kingdom of heaven, the power, the glory, the resources, the love, the finance, the ability, the capacity of God himself. When we just glimpse at Jesus, we're seeing history and future. All together in the same moment. We're seeing the one who never changes. All at the same moment. If we saw all of Jesus all at once, I think we would die. But he loves you too much, I believe, to show us all of him at once. And one day when we're with him in glory, of course we'll see him all at once. But in this moment, as we respond in the next few moments... I believe Jesus wants to do some things. Firstly, he wants to show you something, probably himself, but maybe an aspect of himself. He wants to challenge us. What are we looking at? And how do we look at it? Because lots of people saw Jesus, but how they saw him determined what they got or how they ended up, let's put it that way. Jesus isn't a crutch, he's the king of glory. Jesus is more than a helper in time of need. He's the Lord of lords and the king of kings. Do you understand that? He is more than maybe we've experienced. But when we fix our eyes on Jesus, he perfects or rounds something off or adds something to my ability to believe in him. Again, we were hearing some testimony on Friday of, in my mind, in my experience, stuff which, when I was a baby Christian, it was like, wow, wow, that's incredible. That's for really super Christian people. No, it's not. It's for normal people. Jesus speaks, you do what he says. When you do what he says, he does what he says. It's simple. It's simple. If you get an impression of someone in your heart, pray for them, phone them up. God's going to do something with it. If God says, go and sit there, go and sit there, something's going to happen. We've got a multitude of stories about that, but the point is, now let's fix our eyes on Jesus. He wants to author something in your life and in my life today, afresh. and perfect some things. And that perfection means it's done. So maybe we just need to make some resolutions in these next few moments. Actually, when I look out the window of my life, and all those things I think are undone or can't be done. I'm just gonna put my faith in him. Yeah. Not on those. Not on those. In him. When I look out on certain things, maybe I'm just maybe I'm too attached to those. You'll only know when you cut them off. It's it's really weird, isn't it? I learned this many, many years ago when when I used to think that Jesus was my Lord. Because <laughs> I'd made some confession of that. Jesus said to me, I'm only your Lord when I tell you, so- tell you what to do and you do it. <clears throat> if I tell you what to do and you don't do it, you're Lord. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but he didn't come with a whoosh. I said, come on, trust me. Yeah. Love me enough to trust me. Love me enough to do it. And I'll make sure that it works, not me, him. So we only really know that Jesus is Lord when He says something. What do we do with it? How many of you know that God is very gracious, and He, however, He's not stupid, (laughs) and He won't let it go on and on and on. He'll go and is it about time you did that? Is it about time you saw that person? Is it about time you prayed that prayer? Is it about time you forgave that person? Is it about time you visit something? But he's not a nagger. The devil's a nagger. He'll sit like a woodpecker. <coughs> Shut up. But the Lord will just love you into it. So stand up, shall we? So look at Jesus. Just over these three points again. Look at Jesus means we lean into him, not on him. Looking at him means we're not looking at me. We're not looking at those around us. We're not looking at the physical things. But we're looking at him. And then looking at him means loving him. Because what gets our attention gets our affection. And if we really love Jesus, we want to be with him. Through prayer, through worship, through the word, through being together with other Christians, being together out in the community, actually, as well. Don't leave Jesus at home when you go in the community because he was out there before you. Let me tell you that. God so loved the world that he came. Mm -hmm. So, Father, I want to thank you right now. Here, and also with our young people and with their mums and dads and whoever else is out there, that, Lord Jesus, you show us Yourself, in a fresh way. You show how loving and kind you are, how gracious that you look on us with compassion. You look on us and you love us. You look on us with incredible mercy and amazing grace. You look on us with such patience, but also determination. You look on us and you say, You are mine. Huh, amazing. You are mine. She's saying, Peter, that we're a people belonging to God. That's what it means. Jesus looks at you and says, Yeah, you're mine. You're mine. Might be having a good time, might be having a bad time, but you're still mine. Might be doing great, or you might be doing great less. You're still mine. You might have a high value or a low value way of thinking, but God says you're still mine. And I'm going to love you, speak to you, work through you, lead you, be with you for eternity. So get used to it. I'm going to speak into your heart, speak into your mind, speak through my words, speak through prayer, speak through worship, speak in the workplace, speak in the marketplace. Because you're mine. I'm not going to ignore you or disgrace you or embarrass you because you're mine. I'm not going to fail you because you're mine. I'm not going to reject you because you're mine. Father, I thank you right now that you open up the eyes of our heart and the eyes of our mind as well so that we would see just how loving you are. Holy Spirit, help us to do that right now. Where we've been maybe looking at the wrong kind of things in the wrong kind of way. But we want to turn from those things right now. Where there's been any wrong affection that's grown in our heart, we want to renounce those things right now. Lord, we want you to be at the centre of our heart. We want you to be on the throne of our life. In our thinking, in our speaking, in our actions. That the world would see that you're alive. That people that maybe have walked past for years would say, what's different about you? That maybe shops that we've been into day by day by day would we'll suddenly say, well, why are you so different?" Amen. Amen. that as we walk into the world, whatever our world looks like, people would say, "You just look different, you sound different? You are different. what is it?" And we can say, "Look to Jesus. We we'll to just pray right now where you are. And ask the Holy Spirit this week to show you more of Jesus. The Holy Spirit does that, doesn't he? he? That's what Jesus said, he will come to glorify Jesus. Not himself, not the Holy Spirit, but Jesus. And when you read your Bible, you see Jesus in it. When you pray, you see Jesus in it. When you worship, you see Jesus in it. When you're looking after the kids, you see Jesus in it. When you're looking after whoever, you see Jesus in it